Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast discussing entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my sleeping co-host. Okay. That was gross. I hated every sound that came out of your face. <laughs> uh, it was Batman. Matt, watch people do. Like, subscribe, and tell a friend, and check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod. Yeah, do that. Uh, Matt, what you been up to? Let's just get this over with. Well, Andor, it's over That's, and done with. Yeah. Yeah. I have not finished it yet. Oh. I know. Oh. I was waiting for it to completely come out so that I could binge it in one day. It has completely come out. So now I got to do that. Yeah. It's been out for like what? It's been out for longer than a week, right? Yeah. The long. last episode came out uh, last week. Okay, which yeah. is now two weeks ago because oh, of yeah. when this episode's being released. So you sound extra behind. Yeah, I am extra behind. It's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah. The ending didn't ramp up as much as I was expecting it to necessarily, but it was still satisfying and exciting. And I really want to see what they do with season two. Okay. Uh, are there... Uh, so there are two seasons of it? Yeah. It's just, is it just going to be that, or is yes, there a possibility it is, that... It is confirmed to be precisely two seasons. Um, the first season is this, kind of laying the groundwork. The second season will be um, very much more so than this past one was, uh, discrete blocks of three episodes. Okay. Each one set a year apart. Um, okay. And basically progressing the story up to the point. The, the last scene, um, Tony Gilroy has said, will be Andor getting on the ship to go fly to meet the guy he meets at the start of Rogue One. Gotcha. Does it say stay thoroughly espionage or does it kind of get more action-y? Um, there's still quite a bit of espionage type stuff, um, behind the scenes type stuff. It, it does get into some more action heavy, um, exciting set pieces, which I mean, it does early on right. in the show too, with the eye and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's, it stays true to its, um, sort of its, its density. Gotcha. I think. Cool. Um, yeah, no, it does not let up. So one to ten, uh, high nine, high nine. Yeah, I don't think I can go all the way to give it a ten. There are like a couple of things where it's like okay, it's a little predictable, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. But it's really good overall, really yeah. solid. Um, we'll see how season two pans out because it's going to necessarily be kind of different with yeah. the time jumps and stuff. Um, but they sound like they have a good plan in place and some exciting ideas for how to handle that. Um, talking about the the negative space between that and thinking about how can you use that to do interesting things with characters right um and still make that work yep. and they've shown considerable capability with their writing abilities mm-hmm. for the first season so we'll talk about it more when you're actually you know all caught up yeah but um yeah magnificent first season everyone should be watching this show all right i'll have to i'll give, I'll give it a finish yeah maybe this week yeah probably this week yeah uh what else glass onion you saw glass onion that's I right did. you did yeah nice i sent you snapchats you did yep did you see glass onion i did not ah, we were we were with kaylin's family and we were uh we gave them a choice of black panther or glass onion and they uh, chose black panther which i'm kind of disappointed in so now i have to wait until december 23rd or 28th or whatever yeah to see it yep fine yeah so so thoughts glass onion yeah um for me, it was a definite step down from Knives Out. Aww. I still thoroughly enjoyed. I think that um, the problems were not objective problems with the movie. They were more objective differences that I liked less. Mm. Um, so Knives Out is a 
tightly knit wind up toy of a movie mm-hmm. basically and it's intricate little details and everything fits together beautifully mm-hmm. um this one's more sprawling and more satiric it's more about the um uh sort of the, the world the characters inhabit and the their various neuroses and stuff um and so it's necessarily a little less tightly wound and that's kind of the point um and it it works and it's mm-hmm. it's very compelling on its own terms but i just i like that sort of puzzle box construction of the first one right all the little details and the the hole inside the donut that yep. has a hole inside of it's it it's got another hole there's yep. another hole yep uh, not to spoil anything but there is a glass onion metaphor okay at one point but it's also a very literal part of the story in okay. some sense someone dies by a glass onion no okay glass onion is it's a thing okay it exists okay um but the prize for winning the I mystery? will not explain further. I want every single answer about the movie right now. Okay. No, um, no. Daniel Craig did it. Uh, I knew Blanc, it. He was the killer all along. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 good. Um, we'll we'll talk about it in more detail when you've actually had a chance to see it mm-hmm. in a month here. But yeah, um, yeah no, uh, it, it's very enjoyable. The other problem I had with it was. Um, one of the attractions for Knives Out with me is there are a lot of unpleasant characters, but it turns out to be a very warm-hearted movie mm. where it's like you won the game by not playing the game, by being a good person mm-hmm. and things kind of worked out for you. This one's just mean-spirited mm. and you're kind of fine with it because all these characters are hopelessly unpleasant. Yeah. But um, it, it, it sort of undoes a, some character moments for Blanc, who's the only continued character between the two really which i didn't love i liked the the warm heartedness mm-hmm. um but I, I get that it needs to set out and be its own movie yeah. and i i can appreciate it again on its own terms um i think i just enjoyed it less gotcha it's like a solid seven instead of a solid nine i think okay that's a pretty significant step down yeah yeah i i enjoyed it i'll watch it again mm-hmm. but um yeah definitely not as good as knives out yeah. um, we did watch rewatch knives out um nice. prior to watching it because of course yep still awesome yeah still great on a rewatch have i seen it again i think i've seen it again okay i've seen it more than once yeah i want to watch it again though oh it's great yeah so good is it on netflix no why because isn't it's a netflix yeah it was weird seeing the netflix logo in a theater (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah i bet yeah (laughs) nice yep what else um I have been repeatedly staying up way too late playing Hollow Knight, which is uh, always a good time. Always fun. Um, I'm getting much further into the world and getting new abilities and discovering new places. Um, I'm discovering I have the problem that if I go in without like a specific goal in mind, I'll just kind of play aimlessly and I'll be like, oh, this thing means I can go back to this place and then Mm -hmm. do that thing. And then, oh, I picked up this thing. That means I can go to this other place and go meet this character. And so I just play for four hours (laughs) and it needs, I think I just need to be like, okay, I'm going to go to this place and go figure out what's at the end of this thing and figure out how to get there. Mm. And that'll be like an hour of kind of grinding through that. And then I can be like, okay. And then I have something exciting to go chase next time. Yep. So I think that has to be the plan, but yeah, no great game. Um, I think I'm finally kind of about to the point where you are. Yep. Um, pretty close trying to figure it out. I mean, it's also kind of open world, so like you can do things in different orders. Uh, It's open world ish, but for the most part, you can't, progress until you have defeated somebody to get a new ability yeah you kind of you need to you need to get through the um the green path and the um the mantis village yeah before you can really do most of the stuff Mm -hmm. 
but yeah yeah once you let me know once you've gotten past the uh force field in fog canyon because then you will officially be definitely past me okay i've not gotten past the force field in fog I will canyon. Not, i have not gotten there but i feel like what i'm what i was about to do is gonna let me pass that okay so that's one very clear barrier that i remember that i mm-hmm. never got past so yep I don't yeah, know that if it's that's something that's like very soon after where I was or like a distance after where I was, but regardless, yep. it is past where I am. Yeah. That thing is so frustrating. I beat my head against that way. Every time I go get a new ability, I'm like, yeah. can I hit it with the soul sword? Yeah. <laughs> can, I, yep. can I die and my ghost appears on the other side and it comes back? Th- no. No. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be obvious because it'll like when you get a new ability, there will be a force field that you can break or yeah. something probably. Yeah. No, the game's really good at training you what you can do and showing you how to yep. get back to it. Is Hollow Knight 2, so it's about Mantis. Do we know if it's a prequel to of Mantis learning her abilities or? Uh, it... uh, uh, Hornet. Not Hornet, Mantis. not Mantis. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think it's, she goes off and explores a different place. Gotcha. It's called like the, the Silk Kingdom or something. Oh. So, um, I don't know. From the description, they don't have a lot by way of description, but it sounded like it might just be kind of a structurally different game. Oh. In some sense. I don't remember exactly what they were talking about, but more more characters, less just walking around fighting zombie bugs. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Which would be fun. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. I still feel like there's a lot to be done with this game, mm-hmm. but also I feel like the world's getting really big. Yeah. Which is kind of it's exciting because there's new. Th- I've I've just come to the edges of a couple of new places, and I'm like, ooh, that's going to be fun to explore in a while. Yeah um kingdom's edge did you get to kingdom's edge uh no okay i have gone into kingdom's edge but i haven't done anything there yet okay i need to get back to that game i need to race you to the finish no (laughs) you don't want to do that because i'm at home all day yeah you'll win (laughs) with very little to do yep (laughs) unless i can't ever get past that one i'm literally stuck at one spot that i just could never get past and Mm -hmm. i'm afraid to go back and i'm I'm really curious if it's a spot that i already got through it doesn't sound like it yeah because so you're talking about in the crystals and there's the little flying guys that throw Mm -hmm. the crystals at you and there's a spot where you can go through and there's a few of those but then that leads to the resting grounds and you've been to the resting grounds yeah it's literally just like you fall for a while mm-hmm. and then you land in a little room mm-hmm. that's just like it's got super tall ceiling that you can't get back up uh, and then you go to the right just a little bit into this new room that is just three rotate uh, three flipping platforms and two little guys okay that's it huh it's just a big and like and you well, if you fall you die like so it's like a, right. a bad Spikes. floor and yeah so you just you have to jump across those three past those guys that through th- uh, shoot shit at you mm-hmm. into like kind of more of a winding platforming area okay with some little crawling spike guys okay um but it's literally like the giant fall mm-hmm. into the one big room with just three platforms like okay. it's, there, there's not any i don't think there's any other room specifically like that okay that so. doesn't sound familiar okay. so i think i haven't gotten to that you'll like yet. break a floor and then okay. fall for a while Mm-hmm. and land and then you'll have the big room so okay. when you get to that you'll be like this is where Preston never got past yep yeah I beat the dung master that was that was the first boss and I think only boss that I beat on the first try okay like it was like that because I remember uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I played it and I when I was talking about it that 
I got way more careful with, okay, this is a boss. I'm not going to hit him at all for a little bit. I'm just going to spend the time dodging his attacks and figure out his patterns. Yeah. And then I did that and I killed him in the first try and it was the most satisfying thing nice. ever. He's he's one that I could, I, it took me probably six or seven tries, but mm-hmm. it's one that I could conceive of beating on the first try. I was yeah. like, okay, I see your logic immediately. I'm just bad at this game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. But we figured it out. Mm-hmm. We got there. Nice. So, yep. Uh, yeah, Hannah started playing it too, which is fun. Cool. Um, it's slightly frustrating watching someone who has no idea what they're doing running oh, around, but it's yeah. also it's really fun to see the like the progression of like, okay, now she's she can actually take on one of the little yeah. fire spitty guys. Yep. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's something I have trouble with uh with Kaylin on when we're playing uh Overcooked. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played Overcooked? No. Do you know? Are you familiar with what it is? You've told me this story it? before. Okay. Tell, tell the listeners. Yeah. Well, it's like so. It's it's a co-op game, and it takes kind of like uh, finger eye coordination, or like mm-hmm. you got to aim just right and pick something up, and like if you miss, you just don't pick something up, or you pick up the wrong thing. Right. And like I'm like waiting on her to like give me a mushroom, and she just keeps picking up wrong things and then dropping it on the floor and then like misses yep. me and stuff and. Uh, so I'm just like patience, patience. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody that I got into playing Skyrim or something, or it was something where it was like you move and you your movement and your looking and your camera are independent. Mm. And it was definitely Skyrim because they were like first person. And they would like run and then turn and then run and then turn and then run and then turn and only only ever ran forward. And like I would slowly see them getting more comfortable with like Uh do not remember who this was. But it was like they were finally getting more comfortable with like moving. I think it may have been like my high school girlfriend or something. All right. Like she was finally getting used to it and was moving and Uh moving at the same time and looking and moving at the same time. I was like, yeah. There you go. So it's fun. Good stuff. Yep. Um anything else? Uh yeah, I read Swamp Thing Roots of Terror. Um oh. which is a special collection special edition collection of a uh, bunch of one-off stories okay. from a bunch of different Swamp Thing writers over the past couple of years. So let me actually get the list of all the stories cuz they're all different. One of them is uh Len Wine or Oh yeah. Uh, his original creator of Swamp Thing, his last story before he died and it wasn't finished. Oh. So they um did it without dialogue because he hadn't put the dialogue in yet. Oh, okay. Um we know what it's going to be and they have right. his script for it and they put that afterwards. Mm-hmm. So that one was just the um uh like the first issue of what was going to be a standalone miniseries where he teams up with Batman. Mm. Um, so it's kind of he does a thing and then Solomon Grundy abducts a child in Gotham and Batman comes to Swamp Thing for help for some gotcha. reason because Solomon Grundy is something that Batman couldn't take down on his own <laughs> I guess yeah <laughs> yeah so that one it, it's kind of different because it's a the first issue of something that was never finished right. so it, it doesn't really function as a standalone but the others are um, there was the talk of the saints uh by tom king who um his miracle man or mr miracle run is really well regarded Mm -hmm. and he's done some stuff for batman too Mm -hmm. and uh this one is uh swamp thing and uh he's uh taking care of a a boy um and they're like lost in a wintry wilderness and there's some sort of snow monster coming after him and then there is a story by uh brian azzarello 
and it's called Hollow. Uh, and it's uh, just a Halloween story, and there's little monsters. Hmm, and nice. then there's um, Heart Shaped Box, which is a Swamp, Shing, swamp Thing ta- Shaped Tale of Love and Loss. Um, and then there is The Spread, which is sort of a sci-fi body horror um, Swamp Thing uh, versus a, a, some sort of interesting infection. Hmm. Um, not with him specifically, but right. with another character, him fighting it. And then the, the Len Wein one. Um, and I discovered while reading these, I had a realization that um, you can do a lot of good things with Swamp Thing because he's just an interesting character, kind of the the man monster, the Frankenstein story, mm-hmm. basically. But if you're going to tell like a little individual story, um, oftentimes the, you can do so many interesting things with the character's mechanics and ideas of like just how he functions Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, And I think you need a certain element of that for it to be interesting. So the, the Brian Azzarello one, the, the hollow is easily the most boring because it's just him punching monsters. Right. And that's fine. Whatever. There's some cool visuals or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just him punching monsters. Yeah. The Len Wein one I'm setting aside um, spring awakening, they call it uh, because it's, just kind of a one-off and it's not complete, but the other three all do individual interesting things with the character. Um, so like the uh, um, talk of the saints one where he's just walking through the snow with this boy, the green is all dead around him. It's winter. Right. And so you see him kind of losing strength and almost withering before mm. your eyes. Um, and it's, it, it's kind of shocking to see him just, do they address kind of, it or does he just, yeah, okay. they, they do talk about it and he becomes more gaunt and more skeletal. Gotcha. Um, and then they kind of talk about it at the end, sort of how that's all going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's cool things in that. Like at one point he cuts off his own hand and then the hand's fingers like generate enough friction to light a fire. So he has a fire for him. And oh. the boy. Just cool little details like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, the heart shaped box one. Um, I won't give too much away, but he comes with a very clever way to get retribution on the bad guys. Oh, okay. Um, quite unique um and then uh the um uh the the spread the sort of sci-fi infection horror thing one um is a a very cool little mini concept um and comes up with a clever swamp thing based way to fight it Mm. nice so yeah i i really liked those three in particular cool Um, so why did they get put put together? Like, um, they're little one-offs. So like the talk of the saints was a winter special okay. issue. Um, they're just, they weren't part of existing series. They're gotcha. just fun little swamp thing stories. So they got collected into this collection, okay. which Amazon lied. They said it was going to be paperback and it's hardcover. So well, I like probably s- just messed up or maybe you ordered. I, I don't think there is a paperback edition. Oh, so, hmm. um, you know, it has to go on the end of my shelf with my killing joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got my stack of was supposed to be paperbacks. Yep. That I need to like give to the library or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. But yeah, no. Can you uh, just give books to the library? I think so. Hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it uh it's not a lot there, but it, it just it kind of reminded why why I like the Swamp Thing character so much. Yeah. Um, I like you can tell so many interesting character-based themes with the the isolation and the the monster and the um, sort of the the humanity or the loss of humanity, but then you can also do really fun, interesting sci-fi type things with like 
Um, well, just the, the chopping off the hand and lighting a fire. That's just a fun little touch. Yeah. Like, you can't do that with other characters Batman as can't easily. Cut yeah. Batman's hand off and. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Batman will have, he'll have a way to light a fire, but it's just going to be some little high tech gadget yeah. that. Called a, a Zippo. To, <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. called my Batto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway, yeah. Um, enjoyed that. Want to get back into reading more Swamp Thing. Um, I just I wanted to kind of do it in order, but the one that comes right after Alan Moore's run is one that's out of print, so mm. can't get it anywhere. Yeah, for less than two hundred and fifty dollars yeah. or something. Yeah, yep. Kind of frustrating. But. I feel that. Um. Anyway, I think that's everything I've been up to. All right. What do you got for me? Uh. So I am nearly done with the Green Lantern Green Arrow run. Okay. I've been picking away at that slowly. Yep. Uh. I don't know what I was thinking when I first read it, but I feel like it doesn't get less good. I feel like it just kind of is like just steady. It's, it's pretty steady. Like it's not like the run, like the first volume is really good. And then the second through the eighth volume are just like all pretty good. Like there's nothing that like really fully sticks out. Um, they're all two to three or two or three issue runs. Uh, little arcs with occasionally like a four one for the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all tell an interesting story. Like there is a continuous theme of his full arc of trusting people and like, cause he eventually just unmasks himself. He doesn't care about like the, mm-hmm. the world knows who he is. And so living in that world. And then like, he's very much like anti, uh, imperialism okay and so interesting he butts heads with the cia all the time and the things american uh, yeah. the american government Good does time for that in the 80s yeah uh gets framed for terrorism at one point nice. um sounds like the sort of thing he'd do yeah uh it's just it's a lot of fun and i i feel like it's it doesn't make his sarcasm like he's a i i feel like this run balances his uh actual ideals and taking life seriously mm-hmm. with his sarcasm okay. much better than any other run of him uh, any other existence of him that i have read at least or watched because mm-hmm. like the show he's barely sarcastic like he's superficially sarcastic uh he's just batman but with a bow and arrow yeah and then occasionally has like an out of character sarcasm moment and like that's not green arrow no uh that's the cw's abomination yeah and then, like, other things that I've read, he's overly sarcastic and witty all the time when that just feels like it's his identity. But, like, this one, like, he is a 45-year-old man who has seen a lot of shit and, like, it drags him down, like, emotionally and mentally. As it would. But he's still a sarcastic guy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it comes out every once in a while. Uh, he makes a lot of mistakes, which I love, like... Uh, Always fun? A lot of mistakes and, like, it... the book doesn't forgive him for it mm-hmm. that's something that you'll see a lot with comics is where like a, a hero like batman will make a mistake or something and then ultimately it would be like oh well he did the right thing because of so and so or like mm-hmm. uh there was no choice or something um but then in the green arrows run like he makes a couple mistakes and the book's like yeah that was stupid yeah you should not have done that yeah. and now you are paying the price like yeah. that's and it just it's that like he makes some human mistakes and i really like that it, it's Good. for being a dc hero like an like a major comic book hero 
he's very human and they like they mm-hmm. don't forget that and so like they don't make him uh they make him a little like extra kind of agile and stuff like that just like sure as a human would be but like they don't let that his morals and his like being a human is more of a character in this run than a lot of other things that I've read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really like it. Uh, I, I like that, that like with something like Batman or Superman, there's that it, it's, it feels like most comics or a lot of things with heroes are written in such a way that there is, where the writer wants to be the hero. And so they kind of make them a little more perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that a lot with Superman and the best Superman Typically. ones are where yeah. Superman makes horrible mistakes, but then they usually end up being like, Oh, like he makes amends or whatever. Right. But I feel like this, this is the best version of a hero that I've read that I've, and I'm going to keep saying that I've read because I'm not saying yep. that you've not read all the comics yet. Uh, that it's, it's a, it's a human, it's a person. Mm-hmm. living in a world w- where he has an absurd amount of responsibility and abilities and like has a history that gets him dragged into things that he may not want to do. And then just mistakes and uh, like it feels so much more real and grounded. And I love it. It's so good. Good. Have you been, have you had a chance to read more? I than that? have not made much of a dent. Gotcha. Um, so I've been reading that. Uh, I can't wait to finish it and then actually get to your stack that you gave me. Yeah. I'm about to read Daredevil stuff. Yeah. He's going over to Marvel. Marvel. Dirty traitor. Yay. Uh, just cause I get and get it for free. Yep. I'm going to continue buying DC things and reading them, but yes. I've been wanting to read Daredevil. Uh, I also, have you seen Black Panther? No. Oh, man. We each watched the wrong movies. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real gift of the Magi situation. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I watched Black Panther. Okay. So it is formulaic, which we're not surprised. Sure. But, okay, this is going to be weird to say. Is there an opposite to the Bechdel test? Uh, Like where two named lead, male characters. The Ledkeb test. <laughs> I think it fails that. <laughs> I don't think there are two named male characters that talk to each other in the entire movie, and I am so for it. Because it's literally uh, Shuri, Nakia, Riri, and uh, Queen... I'm drawing a blank on her name. Yep. And then there's Fr- uh, uh, Martin Freeman's character. Yep. Uh, and then there's Kukunklan. Mm-hmm. And then also Baku. Yep. Those three never interact. <laughs> and it's like, I, I don't think there's a single time. There there might be. Mm-hmm. There might be, like, the council, like, the Wakanda sure. council. Maybe two guys are, like, maybe, like, in one of the UN meetings, two men direct to each other. But also, mm-hmm. I don't think they're named. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I... It's it was it's such a like a girl power movie and I it, like honestly I enjoyed it so much yeah uh, and that's kind of like how it had they're to all happen. so shredded too yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so uh, so Riri Williams is an absolute joy and honestly that Good. may be the first show that I actually watch but also it's the writing of the show that makes that makes me nervous yes. not necessarily her yep. she's a lot of fun she's straight up like uh, she's feels like a young kid not a 45 year old writer trying to understand what a college student is like uh-huh. uh feels genuinely like an actual kid cool 
um, the emotions with the whole uh, Chadwick Boseman thing, mm-hmm. uh, it made me cry so many times. Nice. Like, Good. the uh, it's not a spoiler because it's, it's before the Marvel card. Do you want to do you mind if I I feel like it's it's literally the first 30 seconds about how they handle his death. So he contracts some disease or something and dies and he's mm-hmm. completely off screen the entire time. The opening scene is uh, Shuri trying to find the cure and like doing everything she can to like do it. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, it crushed me because the the way they made it is that it's Shuri trying to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, you should go be with your brother. And she's like, I need to fix this. And, like, there's a line she says. I think that's what it is. But I can't remember what it was. The way she says it, the way that actress delivers it, mm-hmm. the context of it, it's Cherie believes that the only thing that she can give to her brother is her smart, is her intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that's not saving him crushes her. Yeah. And that punches you in the chest before the Marvel card. <laughs> Good. And, like, the entire thing is, like, such an honorable homage to Chadwick Boseman that, like, there's just so many times where, like, they say things and there's, like, they took, there's a line that he said, that Chadwick said in an interview or something that they put in the movie and I can't remember what it was, but when I saw it on TikTok that that happened, I was like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just, it's, and I don't think there's been a movie where an actor for the movies died and then they made the movie anyway, or like that kind of thing mm-hmm. that has been more respectful and more backed by the family mm-hmm. of that actor than this movie. Like his whole family yeah. was like, we are all on board with the way they handled it. Like, yeah, everything's this is, great. this is new ground. I mean, I guess Carrie Fisher and rise of Skywalker was her, was her family fully behind it. Yeah. That, that but was, a, it was not well handled. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's just like, because also the thing that hit me so hard is like, you have all these people talking about T'Challa mm-hmm. who died and someone they loved, but then it's the actors talking about one of their closest friends, yeah. Chadwick Boseman, who died. Yeah. And like, and knowing what we know about Chadwick Boseman, we know they're like talking about a genuine. Yeah. I'm, and it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, the action sequences are fun. Uh, they make some very smart decisions at the end about mm-hmm. the future that makes sense to characters and stuff. And so there's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like the emotional connection to this movie made me enjoy it a lot more than I feel like I would if I was detached and like, mm-hmm. didn't really know the history of everything. So I may need to watch it again and like then rate it. But right now I'm sitting at a solid upper, like high eight. Wow. Okay. Nine. Uh, but that's also just cause you know, you got me in the emotions. That's the way to get that's Preston. A, that's a big one. The way to Preston's heart is through his heart. Yep. <laughs> uh, make me cry and I'll give you an extra bonus points. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a good movie. I'm good. excited I, to see what they do in the future. I am eager to see it. Yeah. I just haven't had a chance. Uh, music is great, mm-hmm. as always. Is it uh, uh, Ludwig Goranson again? Yeah. Mm, y- yes. Kay. I think I remember seeing his name on there. Cool. Yeah. Cause he's, cause he's also, is he the one that did, uh, Mandalorian? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause he's really good at like tribal music stuff, mm-hmm. which I'm like experimental instruments and things like that. Yeah. He also did Tenet. Oh, okay. Yep. So yeah, I, uh, it's great. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more political. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But also, like, I feel like people were like, oh, it's a lot more political. I'm kind of exaggerating it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty political early on. Decisions made by Kukulkan. Because it's where the apostrophes are. I don't know how to pronounce things. Kukulkan. Namor. His backstory is interesting enough. Like, it's a good backstory. Oh, that's another thing I want to say, too. Uh it's a good backstory for what his decisions are. And then his decisions are interesting for how his relationship with Wakanda mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like that is pretty political. Like it's more of just like, how can allies and enemies play into this now mm-hmm. Wakanda being, because we, the, it's not a secret in so far in the MCU that nobody knows that Namor and uh, his right. city exist. And so one of the big questions is, what is Wakanda coming out to the real world? How, how is that going to affect them? Right. Because they have access to some vibranium. Mm. Okay. Vibranium? Yeah, that's the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so now the world is looking for vibranium and they're uh, worried that they're going to be discovered. And I so like, that's kind of the big question. Okay. Early, it's asked early on. Yeah. How is that going to... Like, are they... Is Wakanda just outing them? Mm-hmm. And then like, if they do, like... And then like, also his backstory with the surface world, like his relationship mm-hmm. with the surface world is good. What I really liked is that he is not Aquaman. Okay. It is very, very clear that he is not Aquaman because Good. in the comics, he's basically just Aquaman. I mean, Aquaman's basically just him. Except Aquaman came first. No, anymore. Oh, first. that's right. But Aquaman, oh, it was like by months though, wasn't it? I think it was a couple years. It was a couple years? Oh, okay. It's like um, 38, 41 or something. Yeah. But it's it's very different. Like mm-hmm. his, everything that he stands for, like what he's like, uh, everything, it's all very different. It doesn't feel like Aquaman. Does he look good with his shirt off? Uh, it's got a shirt off most of the time. Okay. He's all right. One thing I will say that I feel like some acting or dialogue was kind of phoned in a little bit. Okay. It felt a little exposition-y. Sure. Or just kind of like unnatural in some places. And I feel like most of that was actually kind of Namor. I okay. wasn't super thrilled with his performance. Okay. But also, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like... Yeah, I I can't I couldn't quite tell if it was the writing or the performance, mm-hmm. so I don't really want to. Sometimes say those it's are difficult to disentangle. Yeah, or the directing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's really good themes with Shuri. That is it, Shuri or Shuri? Uh, I always thought it was Shuri. Shuri, playing with her motivations the entire time. Like, there's a big through line, and then mm-hmm. kind of like uh, a big climactic thing that happens with her that throws her motivations in her face mm-hmm. and then even then the struggle to get past certain flaws uh-huh. uh it's very much a lesser movie would be like ah i have it figured out now for act three and then they just go mm-hmm. uh her struggle continues uh. through act three and kind of sets up more for the future great which i like and Good. so i'm excited to see what they do with her in the coming movies. I'm glad that she's getting more of a spotlight Mm -hmm. because she is such a fun character in the first movie. What Um, are those? Oh, that was not setting that pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah. Yep. Cool. Good. Glad to hear it. Yep. Uh, it is fun to watch, uh, since they're like in the real world, like they haven't really addressed a whole lot of that, but like, uh, Oh, uh, Okoye, um, Mm -hmm. deny, deny. Yeah. Deny. Uh, I can't remember her last name. Uh, she was a lot of fun. Always is. Uh, her relationship with Shuri, 
the whole time. So like she's uh, also her story is really good too in this one. They, they okay. do some really cool stuff with that and really reasonable too. And it's like when there's something horrible happening, like there's something that happens with it. It's like oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But oh like yep. that kind of thing. Um, the two of them, Shuri and Okoye, are just such a fun pair because mm-hmm. they also they uh, they're the ones to go find Riri mm. uh, for reasons. And so them just like on the campus of MIT, it's like, oh my god, you're the princess of Wakanda. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's so many fun moments nice. in the movie. So good, it's good. Uh, I also started playing Far Cry Six, which is the most recent one. The bad guy is uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah, uh, mocap like and everything. Him. There is a problem with open world games now. Okay. Uh, there's a problem with Ubisoft and how they handle open world games that it's, everyone's kind of noticed anyway mm-hmm. lately. So there's a few things I want to touch on. One, open world games are t- getting too freaking big. Mm-hmm. I complained about it with Valhalla where half the game is spent running from one point to another because it's they're just all spread out. Yeah. And yeah, I guess it makes sense that outposts in a country like a small country are going to be maybe Mm -hmm. like a kilometer apart fine i'm playing a video game where's my stag station (laughs) i don't want to ring the little bell (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to run across this every time it so ubisoft has so that's one problem is i just hate how sprawling they get Uh um two is uh the ubisoft problem so there's a thing called ubisoft towers Okay. Uh, that has been coined because in so many of their games, it's it's an open world game that has fog of war over it all, mm-hmm. and then there's some sort of tower that you go to the top and do a thing and uh, an unfog, uh, section of the map. Mm. Uh, those are synchronization points. I don't know if you remember that when we played. Yeah, I remember that. Now uh, you go up to the top and then you look around. Uh, in Far Cry, uh, Far Cry three and four. You go to the top of like a cell tower and either break something or like set something like you break. Mm-hmm. something that they're like jamming and gives you signal yeah and that's another game that i can't remember because I, I don't play two more than those two things mm-hmm. uh i'm drawing a blank on it uh but they took away ubisoft towers in far cry 5 mm. and far cry 6 and honestly as much shade as they got for just like the same mechanic in every game i kind of like it because i like i i want them now that things are so far apart because mm-hmm. in order to unfog the map, you have to actually like go through those areas. Mm-hmm. And I don't like when games do that, when there is sprawling gaps of nothing, right? Because then I'm just like trying to look around in the darkness for nothing. And like, it's spin- and I hate that. Cause it's just so much time. Yeah. Not playing the game around. Yeah. And so like, I want those back. If you're going to make it this big, I would like to know where everything are is so I can just run straight towards it. Yeah. Um, there's also a problem with, um, so there, there's a game called the, uh, I think mean, kind of Witcher three kind of made everyone coin it. Uh, it's the question mark issue, okay. uh, or the location clear issue where there are locations of little activities you can do. And it, there's a if there's if there's a completionist in you that wants to like do as much as you want mm-hmm. you go and complete them all but so many of them are just trivial and useless mm-hmm. and stupid and like i hate it especially when it's like aesthetic 
things, you uh, go and you uh, complete this task and get a little charm that you can hang on your your gun. Great. Good. I don't give a shit about that. Like, I want to, like, level, like, get more yeah. big weapons, because that's one of the things that they scrapped skills altogether in Far Cry 6, no. which is wild for them. All of their, like, level up and stuff like that is upgrading, get, getting better weapons, putting attachments on them and stuff like that, which I do enjoy. Like, sure. I feel like it is done well in Far Cry 6, mm-hmm. but, like, they spend so much, like, I don't want to go and do an entire race just to get a little hood ornament on my car. I don't care about that. Yeah. I know people do, but, like, don't make that part of the completion thing. Right. Like, let that be a separate thing. and Or, like, maybe in the next game, like, have an option where... Because they have exploration kind of options where it's mm-hmm. like, what, how, level, how much do you want to play this? Where, so in the Assassin's Creed games, you can say, I want to try to, like, investigate and find things. So, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, go to this area and find the person or find that item yeah when you go to the area you have to actually look for it yep or you can just be like i want to play the game like old way where they just mark it on the map and you just go and find it yep uh do that with aesthetic stuff where it just like filters out aesthetic items as a completion thing and as map markers Uh so that i don't have all of these things like i have an area that i've done every single mission it is 53 percent complete because (laughs) i don't want to go and collect every damn aesthetic thing yeah um that's a problem with like co- like completion open world stuff. Yeah. Um, and then there are something that I that I enjoy in scarcity, which is the outpost system that they mm-hmm. do, like where it's the area that you stealth in that you can either just like go in, guns ablazing, and destroy everything, and you have to capture the outpost. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do that with Far Cry three and four really well. Far Cry five is a little less of that. I think they. they it's it's pretty good i enjoy specifically the outposts mm-hmm. uh and far cry 6 there's like they have outposts and then they have smaller outposts and then they have like smaller still outposts because there's like the outpost and then there is uh checkpoints which are on mm-hmm. the road and you can't drive through mm-hmm. or you'll get attacked that are smaller and like have maybe like four enemies in it mm-hmm. and then there's like uh anti-aircraft places that are like smaller outposts that all you have to do is blow the thing up but like Mm-hmm. there's like two people and then there's outhouses where you also have to blow One the place person. up yep <laughs> uh i enjoy it in scarcity because it takes time to go through it mm-hmm. and also there's only so many ways you can make them interesting yeah otherwise it's just an open area that you just sneak through and kill people yep and like it's I feel like they were more interesting in older games, but I also don't know. I need to go. I want to go back and play far cry three again. I do have it on PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, three and four are really interesting because they were bigger and a lot more challenging. Uh, and I feel like they also had more interesting dynamics where like uh, there were more traps or there were specific enemies that like you couldn't take down or like different ways you can kill people and like different ways to go in and out of the uh, thing mm-hmm. less so in this one they just okay. like kind of took procedurally generated small outposts and just put them everywhere on the map yeah the map is also enormous like i played a lot of hours and the way that the far cry actually honestly the far cry and assassin's creed games work so they're kind of different mechanics in a few ways being first person shooter versus third person running right. uh, is basically you have the big bad guy and he has a whole bunch of people that work for him mm-hmm. and you take down the people that work for him. Sure. And in far cry four, 
you, I mean, each area kind of is one of the lieutenants. Like you go and do that. Uh, you take down lieutenants in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, in Far Cry 4, they have these enormous fortresses for each one of them. Mm-hmm. And when it's like, all right, now's the time to kill them, go kill them. Like, that's it. That's You, you just go kill them. Now's yep. the time. They're, uh, if you've done thing, uh, I think in Far Cry 4, uh, you can't kill them earlier, uh, but you can still invade their fortress and mm-hmm. like get all the stuff, but it's like really... Uh, populated with enemies uh-huh. and if you go at the right time it's like less populated so it's like a little bit easier okay um and you can do it however you want you can go in blood guns a blazing or you can sneak in and do the whole thing which mm-hmm. i like to do with far cry 6 so far i have killed three of the lieutenants and every single one has been a full-blown mission that makes you go in guns a blazing yeah and i'm like i'm spending all this time like nurturing the stealth abilities like the stealth mm-hmm. uh things that i can do and you're gonna just waste all of that like for the big ones and like it's uh i'm i'm gonna uh so i've talked about i'm gonna play assassin's creed at some point uh again soon Mm -hmm. when i get to valhalla so i haven't played it again yet but i've been waiting for them to do title update after title update after title update right but that game is designed to play like a berserker which i hate but i'm gonna do it because i feel like it's just not suited to that and i feel like that's the same thing with far cry 6 where like it's just you're supposed to play like a berserker, yeah. even though the whole point is your guerrilla fighters. So the whole point is to stay under the radar and do tactical like like the the writers misunderstood the objective. <laughs> you're um, a gorilla G O R I L L A. And so like it's just like I Transformers crossover confirmed. Oh god, uh, I I just I haven't finished it. Uh, I'm so there's three big areas that you like each of them. So you are Libertad, which is like the kind of one of the organizations. It's a revolution. So this guy's a dictator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are three kind of other smaller bands of revolutionaries that you want to get them to join Libertad. Sure. Uh, other issues I have with it are all the like other main characters that you are trying to get to join, like the representatives, like the leaders of these other groups. Uh, some of them are really interesting for the most part. I couldn't care less about mm-hmm. their personalities. The bad guys are not interesting anymore. Uh, honestly, Giancarlo Esposito, I generic dictator, Iron Fist, yeah. uh, isn't really very intimidating. The most interesting thing about it is he has a son, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is the focal point. Like, well, not think it is the focal point. Okay, because he at the very beginning of the game tries to escape because uh-huh. he doesn't want to be part of this, and. Uh, the cutscenes that it cuts to them, mm-hmm. uh, you can see him slowly. I don't think becoming a bad guy, but becoming more hardened. So at the very beginning, he was too afraid to shoot a gun okay. at somebody. And in one of the more recent ones, he shot somebody okay. uh, at, at his dad's command. And so I think, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I feel like he's going to be the one that ultimately kills his dad. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably how this is going to turn out. And like, he may be like a, he'll be the benevolent leader that Yara needs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's the interesting part is the kid like him and his struggles. But like something that far cry has always been really known for is just the really interesting bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I'll have to show you clips of far cry three. Uh, Oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. the, the main guy that's like, he's got a mohawk. Uh, I used to know his name. 
just absolutely unhinged and so much fun to watch. Good. Uh, Troy Love Baker's uh, Pagan Men in mm-hmm. Far Cry 4 is just absolutely unhinged and so much fun to watch. Nice. He's the kind of terrifying guy that's like super like uh, oh, like confident. Like I'm just going to talk like this and then just snaps and stabs a guy in the face with a pin a hundred times. Great. And then he's like pissed that he got blood on his pants. Like that kind of villain. Love it. And he's so much fun. Uh, five is okay. It's kind of a little more, uh, not terrifying of a villain because he's terrifying, but more terrifying of a villain because that's what the real world's like. Kind of, well, uh, cause good. he owns, he is the leader of a cult, uh, hyper Christian, like fundamental is mm-hmm. like cult that, uh, I'm like watching. I'm like, Oh boy, people like this exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. So it's a little more terrifying on that level because it's set in Kansas. It's like America. Uh. And it's like, this is America's problems. Uh, and you're like, thanks, the French-based Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't need that. Just thrown in my face. Uh, and then this one is uh, has a lot of Trump undertones to it. Mm, and so like okay. that it's, it gets a little scary on like how it's run with that. And you're like, oh, I can see that this is something that... Mm-hmm america is doing like they're very clearly targeting us uh which i'm down thanks ubisoft you are so helpful nice uh and it's it's just it's a lot of meh Mm. um one of the other things i've talked about flavor text i'm not gonna go through it again but like something i really liked about horizon and witcher 3 Eh, not so much witcher 3 with flavor text going into a dungeon so basically the only dungeons that really exist because it's not a the ubisoft doesn't doesn't really do dungeons mm-hmm. but their only dungeons are like the there's like uh treasure caches like treasure hunt that like you can get like you you know this area and then it's a person who leaves a note and says hey like we're fleeing the country our thing is here and you have to it's kind of like a little puzzle thing and like you mm-hmm. get a little bit of flavor text but there's flavor text freaking everywhere and honestly very little of it is actually interesting no. because it's like a lot of flavor text is like look how bad the dictator is like we know I, here I, I know yeah it's like uh by order of uh uh um castillo anton castillo uh yeah this is being shut down for the use of the military I'm like shocker that tracks <laughs> and so it's just like i i'm not getting satisfaction from this game yeah in anything really and it this along with Far Cry 5, kind of, along with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla was a strike. Open, wild strike. Like, an e- e- easy strike. Yep. Far Cry two, five and Far Cry 5 and 6 are both half strikes, so mm. they're sitting at two strikes. Dangerous. Like, I feel like, because uh, Mirage is the new Assassin's Creed that's coming out. It was mm-hmm. the one that was intended to be a... a uh, expansion on Valhalla that's following an assassin and is intended to, re- to return to their roots of being a stealth game. Yep. That that's their last freaking chance for me. Like I've had a lot of blind loyalty to Ubisoft because I love so many of their, I love far cry three and four. Yep. I love so many of the assassin's creed games, yep. but I just, I feel like it feels like they're doing too much because also there's so many bugs. You were talking about like bugs with Pokemon mm-hmm. uh, earlier was that this episode or last episode? Last episode. Last episode. Like, there's so many bugs in this game. And, and we're not just talking about the Weedles. God. <laughs> uh, it's, it's such a big game. And it makes me wonder, like, 
as the as as the complexity and the size of a game increases mm-hmm. with every new game, yeah, does their window for playtesting increase proportionally, or does it increase a little bit? But like they're missing more and more because they're trying to get these bigger and more complex games out mm-hmm. at a cons- at the same rate. Yeah, and like again, I've said this with so many things. I've said it with the DC movies. I'd rather one Assassin's Creed game every three years if it's a solid and finished and polished game yep. than one a year and it's just like fine with a bunch of bugs that they have to patch every two months. Mm. But like, you know who's fine? You know who wants one Assassin's Creed game every year that's just fine and then has a bunch of bugs you need to fix? Average people and also the producers. The executives the who get their bonuses based on yeah. how many copies and they sell. Like, well, I, it's, I, I want to quit because the, the mm-hmm. thing that, that I struggle with is like, when's it going to get better? Like people, and we talk about yeah. this with movies all the time. Yeah. Pe- no one, not no one, very few people have the threshold that I have. Honestly, I've given Ubisoft so much slack. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I have a higher threshold, like a higher threshold than other people yeah because a lot of people have abandoned ubisoft altogether already and i Mm -hmm. feel like i'm holding on for more like my threshold is higher with ubisoft than it is with marvel like Mm -hmm. i'm willing to give up marvel more than i'm willing to give up ubisoft but i'm getting real close but like people aren't just they're gonna continue to make a bunch of money especially now that games are 70 (sighs) dollars uh inflation i mean i you can't blame them yeah (laughs) um but it's just like i i if i stop it's not like if i stop the longer I wait to get back is not going to increase the quality of the game for when I get back. I just am going to stop indefinitely. And I feel like I'm probably just going to start setting a like IGN rating threshold or something of I'll only play a game if it's actually good and just stop worrying about playing all the games in order. Mm -hmm. Like if far cry seven comes out and it's not great, then I'm not going to play it. If far cry eight comes out and it's great, then I'll play it. Like just, Just, yeah. At least with Far Cry, it's not a continuous series. Uh, at least, like, Assassin's Creed struggles because it's a continuous series. Right. Where you have the present day things. Yep. And so it's kind of harder to do that. But I just, I, I want to play good games, but I am so tired of just, like, feeling like I'm not interested in it. Yep. It's okay. So. Play Hollow Knight. Yeah. I mean, there's better. so many other games. I've seen, like... The two God of Wars that just came out, um, that's high on my list. Mm-hmm. I, if I had, well, depending on what my bonus is, my, your Christmas bonus is, I may end up getting those. Uh, but if I don't, then I'm going to play Mass Effect. All right. And then I'm going to play Assassin's Creed. Yep. No, that's not true. I'm about to play Division. Which and is Hollow also Knight. Ubisoft. And Hollow Knight. So the thing is, like, the Division, so that's another Ubisoft game. The Division... The first one mm-hmm. is like pretty good. Apparently the division two is really good. Okay. So like, I'm going to give that a try. I sure. like, I just need to, I need to stop giving loyalty to franchises and play good games. Yep. So, cause I haven't played the first red dead. I played the second red dead. Got plenty of a story. Also fantastic. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. Grand Theft Auto five. I never actually finished. I feel like it kind of has the same issue. So all of this to say as well, like mm-hmm. kind of my tease uh, is I'm working on a content on an explorations episode okay. of open world games. Like, Ooh, cool. What are their issues? What what are the what 
what draws people to them? Like kind of what are the things that come with them? What mm-hmm. are their issues? Are they going to like, like what's going on with them now? What's their history? Things like that. So, uh, yeah. you know, you will have to promise to not just get on your phone the entire time. You'll have to engage me in it because <laughs> you do that. When I start playing about video games, you start getting on your phone to watch a chess tournament Yep, and I hate it. It's true. Whenever you talk about chess, I engage. I ask questions that I try to understand. Uh, yeah, but chess is the chess is actually interesting. So. I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I've, I've played Hollow Knight. I've played Pokemon. Yeah, you're, I, you're getting in there a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like assign you to dabble in like Red Dead <sighs> a little bit. Just to, I should anyway because westerns. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. You should. Yeah. I'm about to lend you my PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Once you're done with Hollow Knight, I'm, I think I'm gonna lend you my PlayStation. Okay. Because. A lot of my I games mean, are I've on got PC. Pokemon. I've got oh, I've got Breath of the Wild. Speaking oh, of true. open world games, that's true. Yeah, I'll have contributions. Yeah, I'll be useful. That's true. Yeah, cool. I think that's uh, that's all I wanted to say about Far Cry Six. I think that's it. Cool. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, and most other places where fine podcasts are sold. Uh, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod. If Twitter hasn't completely tanked by the time this episode is released, oh, go uh, follow Justice Losers Explorations. It's all on all the podcast places as well. Yeah, Justice Losers Explorations. We've been talking that up a little bit the past couple of weeks, but check it out. We have our first sort of deep dive, actually thinking about, actually wrote some notes for once for mm-hmm. an episode kind of thing, where we did a, a comparison of Rings of Power and House of the Dragon. Who won the Streaming Wars Part One? Yeah, we'll have to do another one in. 2028 or whenever they come out with the respective seasons too <laughs> uh yeah so th- that's a good time it's a long episode but uh, i think it's enjoyable and there's some interesting points throughout yeah check us out on tiktok at just us losers pod instagram at just us losers pod uh send us an email just us losers pod at gmail.com um where you can uh tell us about your thoughts on open world games and whether you think that some of Preston's complaints are valid or whether he's an idiot and should go shove it. Yeah. Probably that one. Uh, I bet a lot of people like my issues are not something I have come up with yeah. on my, I mean, they are cause I experience them all the time. Right. But like, this is a widespread issue. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Let us know. Just as losers pod at gmail.com. Ubisoft is in for a reckoning at some point. Yep. Um, let's see. Look forward to next week when hopefully I'll have had a chance to see Black Panther. And I will hopefully have, I will not have had a chance chance to see Glass Onion. So you're, you're kind of stuck. I'll be caught up on Andor. Okay. There we go. So we'll talk about Andor and we will hopefully talk about Black Panther. Yep. Um, your proper review for those. Yeah. Should be a good time. Uh, should be a real good time. Yep. So got that to look forward to. You don't watch the Christmas special, the Guardians Christmas special. I would like to watch it at some point just because it's a different thing mm-hmm. and i i'm not impressed with marvel's recent run of stuff but i have enough goodwill in the overall project that i'm willing to give it a try when they try something new gotcha all right thanks for listening bye 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 bye